Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again to Late Night Family Values, which I consider the second greatest podcast ever uh, recorded. After. And, uh, I don't know. I just figured it's second. WTF with Mark yeah. Marin. Yeah, or that like one's that. probably better. <laughs> Whichever one you think is the best, we're after that one. We're your, we're, ev- it's subjective. We're the... Everybody's second favorite podcast. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and once again, I'm here with... Uh, my success challenge co-host Aaron Orlovitz. Hello, here I am, and we have a special guest today. C. She will be known as C. Yes. Yeah. Is that the letter C or like the C? Like uh, that's part of the, the mystery ocean. of it. You want it to be ambiguous. Okay. Like I'd like it okay. to be ambiguous if possible. Yeah. Yeah. We could we could keep it that way. We could spell it C E A or something. Like keep it ambiguous even in the spelling that's probably how it is i dig yeah. it yeah we yeah. should just put stars like <laughs> three stars just emojis uh, yeah. <laughs> i want to be known but like prince you know the yeah. love symbol i don't want to yeah. be known as an emoji <laughs> just change my name to the flame <laughs> just the fire I'm just, emoji. The fi- I'm just the fire emoji the man formerly known as the fire emoji i would i would do that there's that hasn't there has to have been like at least there has to be like at least one like rapper in this new like meme like trap drill like rap scene who's just going by some sort of emoji. Probably, yeah. I shouldn't I shouldn't share this because I think it's a brilliant idea. But when I was touring today, I had this idea to make to make this rapper called Kim Jong Il. You know, like I L L. He's super and he do Ill. Raps, yeah, yeah, about like North Korea about and how, how tight great it is. North Korea is. Yeah. And then I, I want to get like North Korea to get mad at me, you know, like that movie, The Interview, and then try and come after me. And then that'll be the publicity. Oh, right. To become famous. Well, and Kim Jong il actually was kind of ill in that, like, you know, rappers love Hennessy. And Kim Jong il was, in fact, the biggest single buyer of Hennessy. In the world. He had like thousands and thousands of bottles of Hennessy shipped to him every year. That's crazy. North Korea also makes a lot of meth. Huh. I can't remember if we talked about this in another podcast. I think we did. We mentioned yeah. that they make meth. Yeah. Anyway, we're here with C because she had an interesting life experience. You wanna, uh, do you want to say what it was? Um, I really appreciate that you specified that one interesting life experience because I feel like that's pretty accurate. Um, I up and moved to Egypt a couple years ago and taught elementary school there, and it remains the only interesting thing about me. <laughs> I like that honesty. I, you I know, mean, a lot of people have no interesting things about them. Yeah, most people honestly having, having one is better than having good. having none. Yeah, and I guess a lot of people, uh, th- what they believe is an interesting thing about them is also just super not an interesting yeah. thing about them. I went to space camp. Everyone went to fucking space camp. I didn't. Did you? I wanted to. I didn't go though. I went. I, I like. I saved up a bunch of money and then ended up like buying like Legos with it or some shit. I got to be the ambassador on the largest ship at space camp. See. Two interesting things. <laughs> that is, go. I care more about space camp. What was it like? I was good at space camp. As my understanding, like I didn't just go; I was good at it. Like I got to like negotiate hostage uh, situations Between, like, alien races with alien shit. races. Of course, oh, that's what you do in space I camp. Gone to no, space, space camp's the best, actually. <laughs> Damn, is there like I thought a, it was based on like astronaut training, like you do a bunch of bullshit that astronauts have to do. I didn't know they'd fucking create Star like Trek alien for you. scenarios. Oh, they do, and they hire well, uh, 
find volunteer actors to come be those aliens. And oh man, that's cool, dude. What the fuck? is there a is there like a version of this for like adults for just like I grown was just ass gonna say men? That. Let's make a GoFundMe so we can go to space camp. <laughs> um, I may actually have answers to this uh, question for you. I, I do know a local space camp that uh, hosts corporate parties, so I'll get you that information. Oh god, we should try and get like. 15 comedians together to like <laughs> like get the Dude, like my space birth- camp my birthday's corporate coming party. up that's what i want to do uh, no. i want to go to fucking space <laughs> yeah. camp and fake fight aliens and yeah. stuff they'll let you be the captain if it's your birthday oh shit dude can i be first officer i want to be like commander data or something i don't i want to be an alien <laughs> <laughs> you can go volunteer yeah any she said you could just it was just volunteers to be the aliens were the aliens uh, Mexican American? Oh my god! Um, I think in some in- instances, uh, but they—I mean—very multicultural group yeah. of aliens. Yeah, and well costumed. They invade your ship. It's like it's really cool. Do they have like guns and stuff? Yeah. So yeah. it's like a full-on, just like sci-fi experience. Yes. Oh my god! I mean, I'm it, so okay. mad. I'm really pissed. I didn't yeah. use the money I raised to go to space camp to actually go to space camp. It now, maybe less cool than I remember. I was 12 last time I went, so I have to put that disclaimer, <laughs> like with an asterisk. Like it's awesome for a 12 year old. Yeah. Well, that's who. It's, it's a for. lot of shit, though. Yeah. So is that better than going to Egypt? <laughs> um, in some ways, it definitely was. My communication skills with aliens were definitely superior to my communication skills in Egyptian Arabic. Um, there was, um, I, I, I only almost got kidnapped in Egypt, whereas I, I was taken hostage by aliens. By aliens. So you know, there's a shocking number of comparisons. I think huh. I would be uh, less afraid of Egyptians than aliens if I was being taken hostage. I think it depends it, on the aliens. It definitely depends on the Egyptians. <laughs> <laughs> what style of Egyptian you're dealing with? Yeah, so um, I, I definitely think that there's a situation, um, like there are statements I may make that, like, I, I want to give the disclaimer, I loved Egypt. I really did. Um, th- with the concept that I thought that the people who work in tourism, um, particularly at the incredible ancient sites, are the worst humans that are permitted to live on this planet. Uh, w- and what is the reason for that? Um, so uh, farther south, you have the cities of Aswan and, and Luxor. And um, Luxor, and this is fun, it's that it's not actually pronounced like that at all. In Egyptian Arabic, it seems like really far. It's like El-Osor. And, I mean, you can get it, but it seems lazy. Mm-hmm. Um they, uh, in Luxor, I, I went down there and I went with a friend and we flew down and I had been there before and, uh, I was waiting in the taxi outside of, uh, the temple of Hatshepsut and this guy gets back in the taxi. I was waiting for my friend to go in. I didn't want to pay that entrance fee when I'd seen it like a month earlier and he just starts driving me away <laughs> and it, like it, I, I don't know. So this is the nearly being kidnapped. Yeah thing and this was like after a day of like oh you know it's kind of like they expect you to tip them for not raping you um and you're like thank you for the not raping um for just you know the basic (laughs) dignity of like not assaulting me here's some extra money christ um and i feel guilty like sharing this because that of course is very much an except well uh sort of an exception Mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, it was a really funny experience. He brought me down to a shop of his friends and I sat there and tried to communicate in my extremely crappy, uh, Egyptian Arabic. Um, you know, like I need to go back to my friend. Uh, they wouldn't let me leave. He legitimately would not take me back until I bought something at that shop for a bajillion pounds. You know, honestly, that policy sounds like something Trump might try and enact. You know, he's like, I have an idea to solve rape. We'll just have the women pay the dudes <laughs> oh, some money God, and then like they a, just have to stop. Like a don't get assaulted tax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it was funny because um, I remember when his son made that really ignorant statement about, um, I don't know that you need like that clarification really ignorant yeah. when you're talking about this about like oh if women don't like being sexually assaulted in the workplace they should teach kindergarten when i taught first grade like i had my boobs grabbed more because it's that height right and they're very grabby like mm-hmm. that it's just it's not what he thinks i guess i imagine first graders the intent is a little different oh yeah yeah but uh there's like that one mature could one though who knows you can get be, away with it. Could still definitely be violating. You see a glint in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Kid goes back and high fives all his friends. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. What do you think about the Arab Spring? Um well, I mean, that's a that's a pretty broad question. Yeah, and it occurred in like a bunch of places. Yeah, yeah. Well, in yeah. in Egypt, yeah. like Tarir Square and they stuff. They threw out was it Mubarak? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was thrown out. You were there. People. You were there. You moved there after. I moved there after and after Morsi was ousted. Um, almost by a year after Mm -hmm. Morsi. No, over a year after Morsi was ousted. Um, there was still like a lot of tension there. Um, it increasingly lifted as I was there. Like it kind of settled into like a subtle depression of like the Arab Spring Mm -hmm. failed. Uh, like that acceptance sunk in and it went back to its ways. Um. So that was, yeah, it was really interesting. In Tahrir Square, when I got there, it was still uh, barricaded. And uh, if you were taking a picture there, you would be asked to show them that you were deleting the picture. And um, anyone who's been to some of these um, uh, developing countries would have this experience. But like you're walking down the street and everyone just seems to have like an AK-47 just like Mm -hmm. on their arm. Um, And uh, it's a little intimidating for those of us that are are used to um, a more... uh, gentle form of um enforcement of the law uh meaning white people Um, (laughs) so right i guess it would depend on who you are in this country (laughs) yeah yeah for you to determine if it's more gentle or not yeah uh so so that was really hard uh one time i was taking a picture in a, a metro and i had the the lovely officer of the law approach me and very threateningly ask what I was doing. And like, it was really hard because I, I didn't have like a great deal of political concern. I felt more like, um, but it turns out it, guess what? Just like being white and Western and there, uh, was, um, like enough of a political statement that I, I felt like I had to like take accountability for it. But, um, people would assume, especially because I did speak some Egyptian Arabic and the phrases I got down, I got down really well. So they would, you know, who do you work for? Like a school, I'm just here. Just oh, but the th- country you have. But the, their assumption was that it was like some sort of government agency or something. Yeah, uh, like just the assumption. Like, okay, like why would you be here otherwise? Um, that could that should have been like some level of protection, right? Like that make you feel more comfortable if they like if the or people made them more mad at you, right? Yeah. But like if the like that could be true too. I guess I just figured people would be less likely to like try to say kidnap. Yeah, a uh, 
a government employee, like a United States government employee, than they would be, say, just some some person who happens to be in Egypt. Um, I wouldn't say that's true because I'm also a woman, and they're mm-hmm. that like you're just. I I mean, okay, like your presence in the public sphere there is an indication of sexual availability. You literally can't make eye contact with males there. Um, and I am so sorry that I am generalizing because there will be like somebody who's like, what? That bitch is wrong. But uh, in my experience, and according to many, many people, that's the problem is you make eye contact and there's an indication of sexual availability, just your presence. So like getting grabbed there. Um, like I just sounds like Trump should have been president of Egypt. Yeah, he well, would have handled it. They, there's a reason he's so popular there. Did you know? No. El Sisi was the first foreign yeah. leader to call him to congratulate him. Yeah, there, he's you, like he he's familiar to our people. There's a lot of there's a lot of countries where you f- find like the sort of things that like Trump is about are like pretty like much culturally yeah. normal, like Russia too, probably. Well. I don't think Russia has like similar issues necessarily with just like the existence of women, meaning like their sexual availability. Well, the existence of women in like, but they love Trump for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trump very much comes off as a man's man, according to like, I think some traditional gender roles there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. Just the whole concept of like pussy grabbing, I think is very compatible with, with much of what's happening in Egypt. Um, and do you think like maybe that climate has uh, been influenced by this uh, like feeling there that like the the revolution has failed? Like people are maybe sliding like uh, there's like maybe a regression of of culture and of like at least of like secular like liberal culture there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's still there. Like the secular mm-hmm. liberal cu- culture is there, but it's definitely not as uh, powerful as it has been in the history of Egypt. Because Egypt is historically, as far as that region goes, a more a more liberal place. Yes, yeah. um, a more secular, more liberal yeah. place. Like there has been space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not quite the case anymore. There's just been a, a great, I mean, just across the world, there was a religious resurgence. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, it played out negatively in most places. And I, I see it there. Not to say it's all, you know, it, but yes, I definitely think that there has been, to some extent, there's a degree of helplessness, especially in the men there. There's a crisis of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I see that. Like, it, it's strange to me because they also understand that just my citizenship grants me a certain power they don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking. It's, it's a very different concept of a person's relationship with a country. Um, I, I left... You know, I had graduated from college pretty recently before I moved to Egypt, and I was full of those anti-American, hyper, like, apologetic, um, you know, sorry for being a colonialist attitudes. Mm -hmm. Once I was actually living there, I became incredibly patriotic. Thank God I'm an American. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank God, like, don't mess with me. Like, do you see, this face would look great on on a poster, like. Don't yeah. mess with me. Yeah. So no, definitely, uh, definitely, you are like uh, perfect for like the uh, Fox News crowd mm-hmm. to like just post everywhere. Like this woman went to Egypt and vanished. And, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that sometimes comforted me um, in the moments of like because the the harassment is one thing, and you come to understand it's harmless, but it's still scary every time you don't have that control of your body. Every time somebody has just decided they have that power, and it's not it's not like harassment doesn't happen here yeah either that's something Um, men never really understand (laughs) that like someone could just like rape you somewhat easily like (laughs) a lot of the time yeah it is it it would be 
yeah, it is something that I think like traditionally men don't think about is that like if like women were just on the average, like physically more capable <laughs> than men, like you would be living maybe in fear of them. Yeah. Uh, and I remember meeting someone at some point where and I was talking about my experiences getting harassed. And um, and I, I lived in Jordan for a short time before living in Egypt, and um, the harassment was actually worse there for me. Um, and I, I talked to this guy about it, um, good old Southern boy. He was in North Carolina, and he uh, he was like, I was like, well, how, how? He he couldn't understand it. He's like, I I would love that. Why would that be a problem to have people like shouting at you and grabbing you? And and I was like, so you'd be fine. And if a, like a girl on the street just like was like, hey, nice ass, or, and then, like, grabbed your testes. And he was like, yeah, I'd love that. And I, I couldn't handle it. It was a really hard moment for me because I I understand to some extent. Like, I I have taken great pleasure over the years in winking at strangers in cars. Um, <laughs> especially, especially in Egypt, my favorite was high school boys. Yeah. It just was my favorite because I'm like, you are such a problem causer anyway. And... Like the Shabab are, the, the, that's the uh, young men mm-hmm. of there. It, yeah. Um, once they get a little older, I'm like, you're going to put me through hell. But right now I'm going to have this dynamic where I feel like I have some sort of say here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird experience because you, you get so sensitive to um, being aware of like every little thing going on around you. And I remember walking down the street and I see this man coming towards me and you just, you have an instinct for when he's going to reach out and grab you mm-hmm. and, or touch you in some way. And I, I knew it. And you kind of get good at like the swerve thing where like you <laughs> throw your hip to the side and you kind of like put your hands up to like block your, uh, your chest. And you're like, I can do this, you know? And, and like the whole time you're like mentally creating this like system. Like I, I had a, like a, a harassment activated penis shock collar idea where it's like immediate, like, you know, like, can you imagine how well-trained that would create uh, the society or, or like snipers with paintball guns um, that like the second they saw the harassment, they would uh, uh, like just shoot. And then you were marked on top of that. So they're like, harasser. not only did it hurt, but it would also yeah. mark you. Yeah. Um, and I recognize this sets me up really well for certain government positions, this way of thinking. So, yeah. um, I'm choosing to look at it as a positive rather than something I should seek professional help for. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I think men, uh, men think like we don't care about cat calling because it just never happens. So like if a chick like grabbed my nuts, I'd be like, Oh, this is tight. But if that happened like once a day, no, yeah, like, I'd be like, Oh my God, re- again, what the fuck is wrong with re- you? Really forward women are not that common, at least in my experience. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. Right. But, uh, like I imagine like, because men are like, like you said there was like a crisis of masculinity there. Like, like men, like that traditional masculine role is to be the one who like goes out and like makes that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. That like coupling or whatever. So you would have to like, that forwardness would then translate to I think, something uh, like, like that. The, and so like, like women have to experience it just m- multiple times yeah. a day. Like if you were being yelled at out of cars and like grabbed like multiple times a day, it would stop being fun or interesting or cute and start. That's kind of a failure terrifying. of the golden rule. 
You know, do unto others you would have them do unto you. I would love it if a chick grabbed my dick. So they must like it when I grab their pussy. Right. Yeah, that is definitely one where it fails to translate back the other direction. And I, 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 I understand it because I have heard a lot of guys here talk about frustrations with girls not kind of uh, being the initiators or the aggressors um, in uh, romantic relationships. And so I understand it. And like coming from where I was, I, I really see it like uh, like. I think that there's a concept in Egypt that your just presence in the public sphere is your aggression mm-hmm. and that they can reciprocate in any way possible. I have a kind of funny little um, anecdote about that, and I, I choose to make it funny. Um, That's a good way to do it. Yeah, it's one of those things you're like, you know, I'm going to look at this as like anecdotal uh, delight. <laughs> um, so I, I had avoided going out like before I left. I knew I was like, I'm about to have two years of like celibacy and sobriety. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to get messed up. Like drug laws there are insane. You just don't want to get in trouble there. Mm -hmm. And Westerners already have a bad rap. And once I got there, I did see, it felt like every foreign teacher there was like a hardcore alcoholic. And I didn't want that reputation. And I was also working toward teaching certification. So it was, it was a lot of stuff that just gave me like a reason to be wise about my lifestyle decisions. And also just, uh, there's the uh, there's so much culture that is required to understand this. There's these men that stand outside the door called the Wabs, and they are like they do building maintenance stuff, uh, but they also are just like the keepers of the city. I had a dream that they were magic once, uh, like the wizards of the city, um, the gatekeepers of Cairo, if you will. That sounds rad. Yeah, but as a as a single Western woman, it would look really bad if I was bringing men into my apartment. Uh, anything like that, even going into men's apartments, it just looks bad because I mean, first of all, all the men there like. If they're not married, they live with their families. So if you're inviting a guy over, it's going to be a situation. It's a problem. So I was prepared for a lot of this when I was going. Uh, so finally, in my last like six months there, I was going crazy. I was like, I have no social life. I'm just feeling really unfulfilled. I know they go out. There's bars there. Um, so I, I went out one night and I danced. Um, I went dancing and drinking. And I had not done that in an extremely long time. And I... Uh, was there at this bar and uh the dj had even asked me he's like can you come dance on stage and i was like uh hell yeah like you know it's one of those things where you're like loving being a white female you're like oh wow i can just come here and be famous like i'm so normal in america and they're you know i see why i see why some people move there and stay there forever um so he even at one point was like we need more people dancing can you go do a round and i was like what do you mean he said just go walk around the bar and come back and dance and i was like are you kidding he's like i bet you you will get at least like eight guys that just follow you here. And it was like a social experiment. I did it. And it was great. It was fabulous. Um, so much fun. It really was a delightful night when you like are there and you're like, I'm a big deal. Like I'm, I'm bringing the party. That's not something people accuse me of very often. Um, so that was a really great time. Uh, that night I was with some people from work and one of them drove me home, uh, dropped me at the corner. And then I, I ran inside my apartment and, um, up the stairs and I, I closed my door and I had a roommate at that time. Um, and I thought maybe my roommate was coming home really late. Uh, I heard knocking on the door. I went into the bathroom and then I heard knocking on the door. Um, so I went out and I was about to just open the door. And, uh, then I, I just had a moment where I was like, I should look through the peephole first. And it's these two guys that I've, I don't know. And, um, my Arabic gets better when I drink. And so fortunately I was asking them first, I tried in English, what do you want? And I couldn't understand what they were saying. And then it was in Arabic and I was asking what they want. Like, uh, 
I, I didn't understand uh, if they, I thought I must have dropped something outside and they saw it. Cause when you're drinking, it's just like, you know, I, w- I was, I was drunk for the first time in like a year and I was like a year and a half, honestly. And I, I just didn't know what was happening. So finally they, uh, I, I, I say, well, okay, what is it that you want? And one of them finally says you, and I have this moment. They think I'm a prostitute. They think because I was out drinking and dancing at a bar and I'm white, I'm a prostitute. It was a horrifying moment for me, just horrifying. And I said, okay, I'm going to call the police. And I got rid of them and nothing bad happened um, per se. But it, first of all, they know where I live now. They can follow me. They can come over whenever they want. Um, the, just the concept that two men that didn't even approach me at the bar follow me home and assume that I'm sexually available like they assume that they can give me money to have sex with them. That was such a traumatizing moment. And that certainly would be upsetting. Yeah, yeah. having them follow me inside my yeah. building right to my door. It was just a weird uh, moment. And the problem is, here's the problem, is that I knew I wouldn't have defenders in the neighborhood. I couldn't go be like, oh, they'd be like, well, did you go out? Did you drink? Did you dance? And I'm not in Western society where I can like throw back at them. I'm like, that's not asking for anything. I'm like, okay, you're right. I'm, I have to play by this culture's rules. And I did not go out drinking and dancing again because it was just such a weird moment of like, I don't get to play by my own rules here. Like, this is this is it. I hate it, but this is it. That's some real shit. That is real. What I what's <laughs> weird to me is like everywhere I've gone where there are prostitutes, they like solicit you. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't Same. know. <laughs> like anywhere I've been like in Europe or in like I've only been in the white world, you know, the Western world, but like prostitute you know a prostitute is a prostitute because they tell you how much it costs right you don't have to like hunt them down (laughs) yeah and my question is like should i have just taken that risk and gotten that money i wonder how much they were offering you could have asked i should have asked it's like i I let my personal feelings get in the way (laughs) oh i'm sure i have a price yeah for sure that's what uh, i mean that's what winston churchill said right everyone has a price or was it it was like oscar wilde or winston churchill like approached some woman (laughs) very same people it's just some famous english dude but I don't remember, like, and Oscar Wilde probably not because he was gay, but <clears throat> like, it was like he like tried to get like some woman to sleep with him or something. He's like, Would you sleep with me for a million pounds? And they were like, Well, of course. He's like, Well, what about two pounds? He's like, What do you think I am? Some kind of like hooker. And he was like, Well, we've established what you are. We're just now we're <laughs> now just haggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. That. yeah. I've definitely thought about this over the years. Like, what's my, like, what would I do for what kind of money? I mean, I'm a school teacher, so this right. is definitely something I have to think about in today's world. Like, what is in my alternative career mm-hmm. once we have our new education uh, establishment set up? Or lack. I mean, thereof. you could have a whole exactly. career where you're still a school teacher and an actress. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I appreciate the term actress here. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're, it is acting. Yeah. I fit that. In yeah, my experience, I assume so. <laughs> Until you get really good at it, and then you just you you do it out of the. You love. can even still say game. that you're a school teacher. Yeah, now no. you're just a highly paid school teacher. It's so, the love of the game that really makes people a lot happier than you would, you know, your students. Get some, yeah, yeah get some tips at a parent teacher conference. Oh, don't worry, my my first parent teacher conferences in the U.S. Right, I I wore like a white collar shirt to make up for my age, like to try and get you know because mm-hmm. people here think that like you're a babysitter mm-hmm. and you're like I actually know stuff. Um, don't worry, I found out my shirt was popped front and center, um, and I know listeners can't tell this exactly, but it looked pornographic. 
um, based on my body type. So it was it was a good it was a good time. That was America, though. Egypt was so it was just an awkward situation rather than a terrifying one. What shocked me is that no parents said anything. Like I don't know how many parent teacher conferences came in, and I noticed like I. I don't know. It was it was shocking, and I told my principal I thought he'd be mad, and he just laughed and said, "I bet the dads actually listened." <laughs> um, yeah, and this is in like very conservative town, yeah. extremely conservative, very religious community. Um, Here in Utah, yes, uh, yep. Cool. How do you like? Do you ever just want to like, like tell these kids like think for yourself or like I do. And that's probably why I'm going to probably get fired. Have I mentioned what my job is on this podcast? I don't know if you have, but yeah, you should, uh, you should tell people. Cause I have told my students like, Hey, you, I, I can, I got in trouble two years ago. Cause I made a kid into an anarchist. Mm. Like been there. <laughs> like I, <laughs> and like their parents complained. <laughs> And uh, I use they because that is their preferred pronouns. And I also did that. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't make them non-binary. But what I did do is, like, expose them to the fact that that is a thing. Uh And that made their parents really upset with me. Uh, But at my school, my school is a little bit more liberal than most. So I get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm really impressed that you're able to get away with that. I teach sixth grade, so I can understand why some of my like indoctrination is not appreciated. I teach like 17 year olds. So, oh, yeah. yeah. See, I think I with might autism, do better though, So they might they be have sixth graders. <laughs> no, my They're kids not. are higher functioning for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely, I got in a lot of trouble during the last election cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, that was difficult. Uh, definitely difficult to manage what I said. Um, I got some complaints for sure. Um, and a lot of it was um, my school has a weird dynamic where it has like poor white kids and then Hispanics, like a minority of Hispanics. And so, you know, a lot of these kids have no idea what they're talking about. And that, like they're going off about like why the wall is necessary because, you know, a lot of bad people are coming from uh down there was my favorite phrase i think <laughs> like making it sound like crawling up from like yeah. hell um and it would be really funny one experience i had one little girl talking about this and the other one her her parents come from down there um and she's an incredible student and i remember her looking at this girl talking about the wall and the bad people coming from down there and then looking at me with this look of confidence knowing yeah miss my name is not like this our teacher she's not gonna let this shit fly like she's gonna like the it gave me so much faith in my own teaching to know that she knew that i was going to question that girl and i was gonna Mm. stop her and be like well that's bullshit Uh, which is what i you know say most days for most issues it's good it's good teaching's good uh when you were in egypt like were you teaching like egyptian children or were you teaching like like american expatriates or yeah i i only taught um egyptian kids and then i taught uh one indian girl and one kenyan girl my last year um but yeah they were they were egyptian and that really mattered to me because um it's really funny to me because you you would think they're all very quite conservative uh predominantly muslim like (laughs) very much predominantly very um structured in their religious practice and uh 
and yet I definitely believe that their parents and themselves both had more respect for education and were far more open-minded, which is something that I am shocked by. I was shocked to figure out that despite having what I saw as a more stringent religious worldview, they were definitely more open-minded about other ideas. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what that is. I've just like written it off as them being better people (laughs) to simplify. (laughs) In, I I guess in some ways, right. Better people. (laughs) Cause I mean, you're still experiencing this like harassment all over. I loved my kids and my parents. That's what was crazy is I had this like safety where I had this little cult of adorable little Egyptian kids who clung to my word. My word was gospel and uh, were just incredible. And their parents, not all, some were Mm -hmm. insane, but for the most part, they gave me a lot of deference as a teacher. Like they actually trusted that I was a professional. Um, so, So I don't know, like there were, there were worlds there. Like, Egypt truly had, it had the best of the best and the worst of the worst. It is, seems that like in other parts of the world, like uh, teaching is a more respected profession. Like here, this is, like you said, a lot of your, like parents of your students have this idea that you're a babysitter. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas like in a lot of other places, they're like, no, this is like someone we need to respect because this is a person who is like putting new ideas into our like children's minds. Yeah. Is there like a feminist movement in Egypt? Oh like my, an anti-harassment oh and stuff? Like, um, how is that? Egypt has been a hotbed for feminism for... <laughs> it's, that's funny because they also use that phrase for terrorism. Yeah. But really, it's been a hotbed for feminism for decades and decades. It has some of the, the original feminists. It really does. It's incredible. It's history, which kind of makes what it is right now shocking. But like Egypt, there's apps where you can report locations where you've been harassed. Um Women speak against it. There's now women uh, taxi drivers that drive specifically. Now it's so expensive that the common person cannot afford it. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely pushback. Like Egypt has just insane. I mean, when you've got a country of 90 million people. There's going to um, be like a diverse it's, yeah. group of opinions. You say one statement and it can be like defied mm. in the next 10 seconds about Egypt. Like, like when I talked about people not defending me based on my behavior, like – I, I feel like I'm ignoring. There was another time when a, a teenage boy on a bike kept riding toward me and trying to grab my boobs. And I was horrified. And I was having a bad night. And I like ran across the me down the like it's a huge roundabout, like sobbing wildly. Like it was the end of the world, just not wanting to deal with the situation. And people like tackled him and broke his bike. Like there were 30 people around shouting in Arabic at him. Like they will keep people in line too. Like mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think Americans ever ever would have intervened to that extent. And yet it, it was incredible. Like people came up to me and hugged me whenever you cry there, someone offers you juice. I'm not sure like what that's about. It's one of those like weird cultural quirks that like no one's going to write a New York times article about, but it was my favorite it was like, you cry, people give you juice. I don't know. I'd cry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you can get some. Oh, I'm juice. so thirsty. <laughs> but yeah. So the, like everything I say, there's always like this other side to it. Like most things in life. <laughs> Yeah, like we said earlier, like Egypt has been historically a more like a like had more like secular liberal ideology. <clears throat> I saw this video a while back of like in the seventies of like the Egyptian government laughing about the existence of the uh, Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, they're like, oh, this will never be a thing here. Look at us, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you know, intervention by like the United States and uh, shitty stuff that went down with Israel shortly thereafter has kind of caused. Uh, that's kind of what happened in Iran situation. too. Iran used to be pretty secular. 
yeah. and open-minded, and then we put in the Shah, I think. We we definitely helped, yeah. <laughs> and then there was also there was also the war with, like, Iraq. Like, the Iran-Iraq war was, like, really brutal and really intense, and that's that, that also caused a lot of problems. Yeah. We do a good job of, you know, fucking things up. Right. It keeps <laughs> things interesting. I mean, if you got to be on top, right? You want to be the top country, you got to fuck shit up. In the developing ones, right? Yeah, you so know? they know, Otherwise, they remember who their god is. Well, that's yeah. historically been how, like, colonialist powers work. I mean, you have, like, like a hundred years ago, the British were showing up in, like, sub-Saharan Africa and just, like, cleaning shit up for essentially no reason other than, like, to show that they were, like, the biggest and the baddest. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's it's really interesting to look at that. I've tried to figure out which country, like, which European country fucked up africa the most like which based on where they were um colonizing it's so, got to be the england right it's got to be Britain. you really think, I think belgium it's belgium because of um the congo yeah yeah so apparently when they pulled out they left not one ed- college educated person in the whole country they just bounced i love it it's so like they took them out great yeah. I don't know. They- <laughs> this is like one of those. No, facts. that's the sort of shit that they, like, like colonial powers would <laughs> We'll be needing you. <laughs> we educated you, and yeah, it's it's really. But yeah, you figure out like how bad it is, and then you're like, who do we blame? Yeah. It's a fun game. I saw this map of the world that was every country Britain had ever invaded. And there was like five that hadn't been. All of them were landlocked. Every country with a coast has been invaded <laughs> by Britain. No, uh, b- the one one has not been colonized. I think ever in a- in the entirety of Africa. Well, I'm not talking about colonized. Just like Ethiopia. Attack. Ethiopia. Well, Ethiopia oh, yeah. has always been Italy. Like, uh, Italy tried to take them over and they failed in like World War One. Yeah. Does that shock us though? Yeah, Italy. Italy, Italy failed. Italy, no, it's not. Italy, I'm half Italian. Italy, I can, I can Italy in it. particular in World War One was strangely ineffective, and like they sat around. <laughs> well, they changed teams, didn't they? Halfway no, through? no, they sat around and did kind of nothing until like they like till like the Triple Entente or whatever decided to like give them more money than the Germans, <laughs> and then they went and weren't worth the money. <laughs> Uh, you know, they have a, a pretty landscape. They make good wine and they have good art though, you know? Yeah. So. Right. Well, I mean, there was one point in time where Italy was the imperialist power. Yeah, it just wasn't yeah. known as everyone Italy has, at the time. Uh, well, maybe not everyone, but some countries have their moments, you yeah. know, and then they go away and. Were you referring to ancient Rome? Just I was. Now? That's yeah. really funny to like, like. To once, think of that as Italy. Think, yeah. One time <laughs> they had things going, like they were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to like take over the world and then like that didn't work out and then but like the food got really good yeah that's like what they've been working on since then art and wine yeah well rome had some cool art too you know the architecture or whatever sure sure yeah that stuff but it seems like all other like like uh imperialist powers post-rome at least in uh in europe all wished to be rome they were like napoleon talked about how like that uh the what is it rome is the uh the first reich <laughs> like so hitler was down with it too they all wanted to be rome yeah do, do romans have do they have like a do they commit genocide and stuff i mean they have like a superiority thing like ethnic, probably most like ethnic, ruling cultures probably no, have ethnic, some cl- of that. ethnic cleansing is super ancient and it's like way more prevalent in the ancient world because like that was just like the name of the game and also like civilizations were like the, like diversity was like unheard of like 
you were this like you were living like in the middle of bum fuck nowhere like Europe like you've never even seen someone who doesn't look different from you like if you walk like if you're like someone who's been a hundred yards away from your village you've been the furthest away from home yeah. than like anyone in your village and then all of a sudden like you see people who look differently from you and it's like holy shit kill all of them mm-hmm. and that that like that yeah I mean like old school scripture like the Torah is full of like yo kill every last man woman and child and all of their like uh all of their animals and stuff do not let like one living thing live of like the Amalekites and all these different groups. And that like, if you look at their historical texts, same thing. It's like kill all the Hebrews. It's everyone was just trying to kill everyone. People stayed on the Hebrews for longer than most other groups though. It, it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That People is. talk about like the world ending now, but there's probably like less overall violence and a less, no. a much lower percentage oh. of our population yeah. dies Not in warfare than there any other time in human history. It is like this is the least violent time yeah. in human history. There's this great book. I'd, well, I'd recommend at least reading the introduction. It's an effing long book. Um, the Better Angels can, of Our you Natures. You can curse on here, by the way. Um, you don't have to. Yeah, but I'm also a teacher, so I've gotten used to like trying to edit. All right, Miss C. Um, I've gotten in trouble for that too. Like, I forget myself sometimes and i'm like it's just so fucking bullshit and like my whole class is just like staring at me like ah. yeah <laughs> i've gotten pretty good at censoring but i mean i said like what did i say like crap and i was like is that oh did I... someone give you oh, i don't know i stopped and like looked around because it's one of these like principles of like language where if you like don't want someone to like associate a word with being bad you don't give it deference mm-hmm. um so you have to just keep going, right? Like this is what uh, what you're supposed to do if you like accidentally swear in front of a kid. You just keep going and act like you had it was just happened and yeah. normal word. Words are just words; they don't have meaning, guys. Right. Yeah. But anyway, this book you were yeah. So he goes through and has done this like incredible study. There's probably also like YouTube video summations of this and talks about like how incredibly disgustingly violent the history of the world is. And despite what we know, like what's whatever happens today, it's just minuscule. I mean, you you just have to think until fairly recently, very recently in human history, there was no concept of not killing people. (laughs) That wasn't the major that wasn't the most important thing. It's like the what the fifth commandment or something. Like yeah. <laughs> God is more concerned with you, like loving Him and right, him yeah, being worshiping the only someone one. else, and then don't kill. <laughs> like obey your parents. Yeah, like obey your if parents. If your parents tell you to kill, you fucking kill. Like if yeah. I because if the I next t- rule is well, I tell you to kill, or your parents tell you exactly. to kill, then you kill. But so like, other than that, don't kill. Even in the commandments, it's yeah. with like it's with exceptions like except when i tell you to and every religion has this like i don't i mean i'm sure there are some that don't but not all ancient I know of, ones <laughs> like i all I, the good ones i really 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 doubt that there is any religion older than a thousand years old that doesn't have some well, even recent like mormons had the mountain meadows massacre yeah scientologists well, they also have the general have overall people. christian concept yeah, of yeah. don't I mean, kill yeah mormons also like exactly. adopt like jewish history as theirs so it's what even is favorite. transcendental meditation is there any murder in that well, like TM cults, uh, but like that's not. Yes, uh, Am Shanrikyo in Japan, uh, oh, Serengast yeah. of Subway, and they were all about like TM yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Order of Mountain Wizards, they called themselves at one point. That's a pretty time. dope fucking name, right? Like we need to talk about them. Like, it it kind of sounds like the Japanese KKK. 
Which is probably might be a good analogy. I don't know if they were like racist. The mountain wizards. Oh, but there you go. Okay. I, now I know where you're going with it. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? The book there talk about how, oh, how violence. violence. Yeah. It's mostly it. I do think that like uh in particular, like war ha- like war has become more horrifying. And that's like than it was. Uh in like the ancient times, like one battle would decide everything. Napoleon is quoted as bragging that he could spend twenty thousand lives in a month. And that was considered staggering. And then in the first minutes of World War One, twenty thousand Frenchmen die. Just the like what Napoleon claimed he could like he could just spend in a month and people were like, How can he how can he be so evil? How can like that that amount of people dies in hours in the first moment? Well, like, I don't want to know what the per- population percentage is. Well, right. Like I imagine maybe the point ten, twenty times. I mean yeah, it's probably the, still a faster rate of death. But, but like the like if you look at like these battles in like contemporary military history like there has never been anything as just truly brutal as what we do now uh but like overall like the violence has decreased amongst people like the average person is an out killing like and like the i don't know and like i don't want to like say that like our uh, we becoming us becoming so efficient at killing each other has actually like perhaps made violence less violent it's weird too that like we got so good at killing people we had to make rules on like what you could do in warfare exactly well, no. like whoa 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 what we did is as the u.s as the world superpower we bring them to the u.n make everyone else sign them and then we don't sign them you know that right yeah we get to do all the yeah. things i didn't know that. it's we, the don't kill unless i tell you to kind of thing. yeah we're like the yeah. god America of is god war <laughs> But yeah, we we haven't signed uh, the the treaty or whatever it is that bans uh, whatever. No, we're involved in that chemical warfare. We're allowed to use chemicals. No one else is, though. Well, chemicals were banned before the United States was even like a uh, world power. Like before World War (laughs) One, like straight up. The, the Russians had this thing. They're like, we're not going to gas each other. We're not going to gas each other. But there's this like loophole. And the Germans were like, well, we're not going to launch gas, but we'll just open up these canisters near like the British lines and the gas will just seep out. And that, <laughs> but yeah, like they, people have been like, people have been upset about chemical warfare for like over a hundred years now. And I think it speaks to us that like it was at one point already not allowed and we made it allowed <laughs> for us. <laughs> Yeah, we're really good at American exceptionalism. Fuck yeah! Trump wants to roll back nuclear proliferation. He wants to be like, we should build more. He he doesn't. He what is it? He said that he 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 tweeted that we should build more nuclear weapons, which is insane. We already have more than everyone like combined, but. Yeah, but I mean, like having a big dick like isn't good enough sometimes. Like you got to just show everyone how big it is, you know? Yeah. When, Otherwise you just don't, you like, don't get that satisfaction. Yeah, like at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good though that we have that. Do risk. we have do we have enough that people to have blow to up the die. entire world? It's yeah, a- this is the question is like <laughs> when do you have enough nuclear weapons? There's got like is there a is there a limit to it? Like what what is our goal here? I think to be able to cover the entire surface area of the planet 
in explosions outside yeah. the United States. That's what I, if I was president, <laughs> no. if I was president, I need to make sure and every, we can cover the whole planet. I'm sure Trump would feel very happy about like blowing up most like metropolitan centers too, or just, you know, universities. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, you think we would have covered this back in the Cold War when we're like, the reason we're not going to war is because if we do, everyone's going to die. Like, like there's it's a zero-sum <laughs> game here. It's like either we fight and everyone dies or we don't fight. And Counterpoint, what's the best way to solve global warming? Murdering <laughs> most of the population. And I mean, uh, I maybe Trump, yeah. maybe Trump, you know, all of this is a game, you know, him pretending to not be into global warming to get all the conservatives on his side, pump up more nuclear weapons and then just blow the shit out of China, India, you know, and Africa and he's, maybe parts of the U.S. Nuclear so winter. Hardliner. Yeah. Nuclear winter does, I think, lower the lower temperature the surface of temperature the, of the yeah, planet. Dude. Just like Le Chatelier's principle in chemistry, you just got to balance that shit out. <laughs> Well, it will be too bad for us because we're not the sort of people that Trump has in mind to, you know, live when one percent of humanity. The thing, is left the thing I don't world. understand about climate change denial and people who are against environmentalism in general is that it's not about the environment, really. Like, I guess it is. Like, like we do fuck up the planet, but the thing about if we run out of fossil fuels, that's going to affect. It's going to affect us, you know. Like, <laughs> we're not going to be able to drive cars and shit. Or fly planes. Like, we're the ones that are going to eventually suffer. So it's like, we were like, we don't care about alternative energy. It's like, well, your kids are just going to not be able to do anything. That's kind of in the history of the world, though. Like, people never give a shit about who comes after them. Like, that's kind of the point. It's like, I'm here now, and I want it as good as I can. But a lot of, of, uh, like policy is based around the fear of, like, what's going to happen to our children? They're going to you know, teach our kids that gay people can get married and like right. what that is. And then it's okay to be gender queer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know if you give a shit about that stuff, were, you'd think, I guess they were right. <laughs> Cause I just admitted to doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I often feel like when people are like, Oh, you know that liberal education, I'm like, thank God they have me yeah. there to indoctrinate them based. Like I have to fix what their parents say. Yeah. I'm absolutely conservative's worst nightmare in the classroom. 100%. That's awesome. What do you have to say for that? You you've haven't been your typical uh, oh, no, vaguely all right self. Yeah, no, dude. Trump, <laughs> Trump rules. <laughs> yeah, this is all this is all just irony, you know, to get you on my side, you know? So then when I when I make my points about how Trump is superior and going to save our country, you buy into it more. You can't you can't come out a Trump supporter. You got to come out by like you know, like sharing similar ideas to get people on your side, and then you know you open them up a little bit, and then boom! Well, that's that's grab them by the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, yeah, dude, okay. you can't just grab. You gotta, yeah, you gotta butter, you gotta, butter her up first. Yeah, that's not what Trump said. Trump said, if I if they're beautiful, I just start kissing them, just grab them you by know, the pussy. He's yeah, not right about everything. He didn't, right. he didn't say, oh, you know, I have a nice conversation, and then if I get, you know, if it seems right, I grab them. <laughs> In the right moment, I do my... What's the right moment for something you would describe as a pussy grab? Like, what's the, like... I don't you know. know. I don't like, know. I've never, I've never just like, been like, now it's time to go for the full-on pussy grab. Puss. There was one There was one time that I was drunk at a party, and I was uh, hitting on this Mexican chick, and I was, like, flirting with her in Spanish. And I just, like, so I just got, I just got this feeling, you know, like, 
she was into me and I just like put her hand on my dick and I was like, you want to go upstairs? And she was like, all right. So it could work if you maybe encourage a, a dick grab instead of the other enforcing way. Yeah. That was also, but that's like, that's something that would be sexual harassment if it didn't work two out. Things, right? Two things. Oh, here. 100%. Two I things here. Two things here. There was flirtation beforehand and you caught the vibe that she was into you. Trump doesn't, didn't say if you flirt beforehand and catch the vibe that she's into you, <laughs> he said, no, I just walk up and grab him by the pussy. And when you're a star, they let you do it. That's so good. I just love that. I want to be famous to the point that I can just not only actually grab pussies, but like become president after <laughs> and like openly talk about it at like yeah dude imagine what, what if hillary clinton like what if a tape leaked of her doing that no, okay you know that'd be so yeah, I, could, I could just yeah. grab these fucking kids by the dick dude i just grab them I, by the dick they let me do it because i'm secretary of state you joke about i can this, do whatever i want but i legit talked to this guy on facebook which was a you know why did i even try but he was like i'm sure hillary clinton has done similar or worse things and i said I, I you just have to like ask for specifics by this do you like are you meaning that she has grabbed men by their genitalia and you know like you are you know in your head you're like trolling this person but the great thing about facebook is like they don't catch that so they're like yes i'm I'm almost certain that's what she's done so if you were ever wondering how conservatives like i'm sorry for stroking with a broad brush but you know i just like hate everyone right now i'm that's it. It's that they actually believe that Hillary Clinton, like very much legitimately probably does the exact same thing, only worse. I'm not sure in what way it's worse. Well, but. like she runs like a, a pedophile sex slavery oh, operation. Right, like, yeah. Those pizza places that she, <laughs> yeah, dude. like, well, are you familiar with that at all? Pizzagate. I read enough about it to know that I want to know as little about it as oh, okay. possible. Because I'm not really all that familiar with oh, it. I was be. wondering, like, what is Hillary Clinton's supposedly, supposed connection to these pizza places? Is it... So some dude... I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, with conspiracy theories, my new strategy is to just know as little about it as possible. So I just literally can't get in an argument with a conspiracy theorist. They're like, you know about Pizzagate? I'm like, not really later well, then they'll know? be like wake up you know <laughs> that's what they would love yeah, yeah the yeah. wake up oh that's yeah like you can't because you anytime you argue with a conspiracy theorist you're like believing the media yeah you're, you're there's you're, like you're there's like, like, like nothing you can say that will get them to think that like you're not you know some sort of agent uh, like a useful willful, idiot yeah like, like stalin said yeah but you've become some sort of willful like ignorant yeah like, yeah fun fact conspiracies are extremely popular in egypt like it's very normal to believe conspiracies are they are, are jewish conspiracies yeah, yeah. yes holocaust, yeah. The best holocaust deniers oh well they just don't believe in that but uh the one that's fun <laughs> not holocaust deniers just it never had the what, one, what, how can my, you deny my, what never happened my favorite are the revisionists place. i love i love holocaust revisionists they're like no hitler only killed like five hundred thousand. Just the, the numbers are off. He's an okay dude. He just, he didn't kill as many as they say. Oh man, yeah, he killed that many at like just Treblinka. But anyway, I had a student's father tell him when we talked about World War II. Um, he said, "Well, Hitler actually did a really important thing by killing people that needed to die." And I remember calling that. <laughs> I'm so sorry to speak this in in civilized company, but um, it was it was one of my favorite situations to handle, like to pull that boy aside because he told me knowing 
that I would react. And this was third third grade, and I love third graders. They're actually at a really awesome phase. And and he came to me and he wanted to like talk privately with me about it and just kind of see what I said. Um, yeah, that was a that was a fun one. But I I have to share this conspiracy theory because this is what this is what the Jews really did. That was really bad. Uh-huh. A few years ago, uh, there was um, some Russian scuba divers that off the coast somewhere maybe in sinai or somewhere there uh were attacked and killed by a shark trained by israel can you believe it that would be so cool like it ran in newspapers that like an israeli shark killed (laughs) russian (laughs) scuba divers israeli trained shark they trained it to go ruin egyptian tourism i'd really wish it was an israeli shark not an yes. israeli trained shark, i just wanted like, to specify like, like, jew shark we saw, russian we scuba saw divers. a brand of the shylock. star of david on its gills <laughs> some shylock yeah <laughs> do i not blame it said zionism <laughs> and then it tried to build settlements um yeah i mean Israel we, is guilty of dolphins? some really is that is that a myth or do we that train like dolphins thing, to do shit wasn't that like a thing that like they were trying to do at some point like in the 70s and it kind of like got like into the cultural like zeitgeist and now there's been like tv shows with, like trained dolphins like solving crimes or some shit dude i want to flipper that's right it was flipper flipper was like the lassie of dolphins do you remember flipper no. yeah yeah, dude. If I was president, I would uh, I would train all of our military personnel to be falconers, and then we'd fucking like attack enemy lines with trained falcons you'd that be, like peck the, peck the enemy's like eyes out and so you'd shit. Be the government of Mongolia. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what I know about Mongolia. They too. still do that. It's like the yeah, summary. but I think they do it for like fun. There, there's not like they're it's, like it's for like hunting system. and like competition and stuff. Seriously though, imagine a fucking like falconer battle. How dope that would be. You would like this. Uh, I'll show you at some point. But there's uh, like police departments are training falcons to like take out drones, like like little spy drones. Like the falcons will come and just like rip them out of the sky and stuff. Sick. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's actually, it's so, po- falconing is so popular in the Middle falconry. East. Falconry. Okay, sorry. I'm the worst. I should just go. Not teach anymore. <laughs> um, falconry is so popular in the Middle East. And I learned this because I was like checking like baggage requirements on like Jordanian airlines and stuff. And, and like, it's just standard that they have to list the rules for falcons. Like if you're going to take them on a plane. Yeah, but it's like listed just on the major <laughs> baggage page. Like it's not even pets. It's different. It's a different category. Falconry is a different category than bringing your pets. Do you think I could get a therapy falcon? <laughs> and just like have shit. it on my arm, That'd like be on so the tight. <laughs> it's my service falcon. Yeah. He helps with my social anxiety. <laughs> Don't look him in the eyes, though. Just, He'll fucking peck you. Just having this giant bird on your <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> You're like at a party. It's like, yeah, I have it for my my anxiety. I feel I feel way better with this giant bird on my shoulder. That's weird because that bird gives everyone around you anxiety. <laughs> I know. That's how it works. That's the point. I want everyone to be as afraid as I yeah, am. Dude, this falcon's like Jesus, and he takes all my anxiety. <laughs> Gives it to everyone else. Gives it just, it's the Karl Marx of anxiety. Yeah. Just redistributed. Where are we at? I don't know. The uh, like the screen that tells me that time went off. Uh oh. I mean, you know, I don't care. Sasha will come back eventually. Yeah, I figured he would come and let us know we were the done. But I don't think there's anyone after us today, huh? Yeah, he's probably just. Sasha jerking off in the bathroom. So help me God if he doesn't cut this part. 
<laughs> no, keep the leave this in, Sasha. It. Well, he usually does, but every once in a while, something like this slips. <laughs> yeah, I know you're jerking off right now, Sasha. Oh, dude, what, what do you think? Do you think he jerks off while he listens to our podcast? For those of you who don't know, Sasha is our producer. He he provides us like with the microphones and edits our podcast, and we appreciate the things he does for we us. Do. I like I like the Sasha a lot. But he, uh, he, I've actually never thought about, he's not in the room while we do this, and I've never thought about what in the hell he's actually doing during this time. But we can safely conclude, what would he be doing? He would be jerking off. I mean. Oh, shit. Yeah, Here he like, is. Oh, okay. Oh. There's like. Hey, Sasha, we were, just, we were just talking about you. Were you jerking off? <laughs> We were trying to we were trying to guess what you're what you're doing. <laughs> uh, we realized like we don't know what you do during this time. <laughs> He's confirmed it, guys. He's confirmed it. The, the right, little dude. giggle the new uh, jerk jerk gate. That's our new. <laughs> oh, it's that mouse that controls the computer. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, you know we covered a lot of important ground. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we educated our listeners more so than I hoped, actually. I prefer an ignorant population. Huh. Do you? <laughs> Easier to control. That's true. That's yeah. true. And I guess if you're looking to to control a population. <laughs> well, we talked about Which this last time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we talked about this last time. Like, intelligence and, like, knowledge, like, don't lend themselves to happiness, generally. No, never. Like, what, like when you talk about enlightenment, like, when monks meditate, <laughs> what is meditation? It's thinking about nothing. Uh, right? I have really offended like a friend of mine who's like very into like that like Buddhist like meditation. Like he was like the whole point is to become nothing, like to be at this point where like nothing matters and like. No-. And I was like, then shoot yourself. No, dude. Because, no, I buy into that because when that, you don't think that's true nothingness, though. Like if <laughs> true nothingness is not existing, and if that's like what yeah. you're trying, then you should too. All right, yeah, let's do it, dude. Live let's Jonestown this bitch. <laughs> I didn't think we'd get to like what is it like eleven episodes before our cult finally <laughs> killed themselves. I thought, we, yeah. I thought we would go for a little bit longer than just when you and I were the only. <laughs> no, we got C here. You know, yeah. she'll do it with us. Solidarity. Oh, yeah. I've been looking to join a cult. I don't know. Being a teacher really feels like being a cult leader. I mean, when you're in the younger grades, you even are like. There's a saying, like, you say a thing, they respond. You have emotion, they have a response. It's incredible how much, like, a cult it is. So, I don't know. Like, I'm already like a our, leader. Like our secretary? Like our cult secretary? Um, Yeah, I mean, I could do that. I don't know if you're looking for, like, other responses. Are there any females in your cult? Because I've been told actually, that's an important role. Yeah. Uh, actually, there are not that I know. Well, there are women who listen to this is Michelle, podcast. Is Michelle in our cult? Probably. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know a few women who listen to this podcast, or at least tell me that they um, do. I'm actually kind yeah, of more too. interested in being the only female in a cult. Well, it's kind of like a beehive. Hey, frankly, you're the uh, uh, you're the first. You're. I think you're our first uh, woman on the on the show. You want to be like a female David Koresh, just yes. like fucking all the dudes in the cult. <laughs> like that. I've just told you beehive. I hope you got like what I meant by that. Oh, That's man. my goal. No, and I have this end of the world compound idea. Not to like suddenly bring this up. At no, the no, end, this but, is like always what happens at the um, end of this show. And and whenever I talk about it, I recognize like people start listening to me, and they're like, "It sounds like you're building like a hive around yourself." Like I'm like only men with facial hair, and like we don't need no 
no hairless dudes at the end of the world and like you can't reproduce unless they tell you to like you can't fuck unless they tell you to oh it's like all cults then yeah Yeah. but like a really good one where i keep you alive and i'm the queen bee and i am like i have like a list of like okay like who will be on my inner sanctum of like sex slaves but they'll have a different role you should do you should uh like in order to to have like the most successful progeny you should let all the dudes come in you and then whichever one you know it gives birth survival of like, the fittest yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, yeah. it, it would have to be like all at once you'd have to like put it in like a thing and like mix it all up yeah. like, like a baster yeah. <laughs> and like just whoever that's how it would happen dude how isn't this like if I ran a sperm bank that's what I would do and like, I would like get like I'll get 10 of my most powerful specimens that's really how Let I feel for the survive. women who are looking through like I just can't decide <laughs> Let's just mix it up. Yeah, well, we've got the roulette version, you know, just the the wheel. The (laughs) sperm roulette. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, I I guess we'll we'll take this advice uh, as far as cult building goes into consideration. But I think I think Falconer and I have decided that we wanted to be in charge of our cult. But you want to be the queen bees of your own cult. Yeah, but uh, I mean, (laughs) if you end up having your cult, we can be we can be like buddy cults. Sister, be like a sister Sister cult. cult. Yeah, that's a thing. You know, sister cult. When people study that'd cults, be, that'd be a good sister name cult for a podcast. Sister or cult a band is or a, anything. I was going to say a band, but it's a <laughs> sister cult is a good good name, good title. Yeah. All right. Later, everyone. Shalom.